Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. With you, as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I am a very sad Ryan Bonaparte. And Ryan is sad for a couple reasons. Of course, the main reason for those folks listening, Purdue uh, loser against Wisconsin, of course, on Friday night. But Ryan, why else are you sad today? Well, we record on Sundays, and I am, of course, a Chicago Bears fan. And though, though they didn't give up 70 points, they got absolutely destroyed by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But hey, you know, if you've got to find a silver lining, it's that Taylor Swift was in attendance at the game. Yeah, at least it gave me something to distract me from the on-the-field product. Yeah, um, you know, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a Swifty, you know, we've got We've got news for you. Taylor Swift was at Arrowhead Stadium, but if you're listening to this and you're a Swifty, small overlap, I think, um, you probably already knew that, and you're not getting your Taylor Swift directly from us here at the Boiler Podcast. Yeah, they've probably known her exact location for yeah. months, She's, so I, they, I the, they, they'd be I, some crazy fans. I think the Swifties low-jacked her year, uh, so they just yeah. always know where she's at. Right. But yeah, you know, at least you had one famous fan uh, in the stands. Uh, I have no. Sure. Obviously, I'm sad for the for the Purdue game. No sadness for me for pro football because my Buccaneers don't play until Monday Night Football. Um, I will very likely be upset and disappointed tomorrow because they do play the Eagles, and I do not expect the Bucks to win that game. But hey, you know, stranger things have happened. But I'll be excited to watch. So maybe I'll be uh, sad on our next podcast. Does that well, you make got you off day. Yeah. Does that make you feel any better? Sure. Okay. Good. Good. Um, so today, obviously, we're going to talk the Wisconsin game. That's going to be in the second half because we like to put off bad news for as long as we can. Here in the first half, we want to give you one bit of Purdue news regarding basketball that you probably know, um, but we also want to look around the Big Ten at this week's uh, Big Ten. Uh, Ryan, big news out of Maui um, after the wildfires that have just devastated uh, the island of Maui. They are moving the Maui Invitational, which, of course, Purdue is a participant in. Uh, just mm-hmm. a plane ride over to a different island, going to be played in Honolulu. Uh, same dates, same time, same everything. So this is probably the best possible result for the state of Hawaii because this way the money will stay there. Um, I, right. and, they, and they've got a... They've got an auction site set up where each school who, not only the schools that are participating this year, but the ones who have participated in the past are all donating uh, prizes and different memorabilia that folks can bid on with all the money going to a fund for Maui. So I thought that was a pretty cool um, thing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you definitely, with how much devastation was in the area, you definitely need something and to make even more of an impact is really what um, you look forward to from these programs. Purdue is always a top-notch a program when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, and it's really not a surprise that they're working to help the community. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, to your, to your point, I mean, Purdue is already going to Arkansas um, in their uh, not, mm-hmm. you know, the exhibition games with the money going to uh, the victims of various tornadoes that have hit Arkansas. And, you know, if you're interested in donating some money or bidding on some items for the Maui uh, Invitational, you can look under the Ohana, um, Ohana, Hoops for Ohana online auction, 
and it is in partnership with the Hawaii Community Foundation's Maui Strong Fund. Um, so that is where the money goes, and that is the the stuff you can bid on there. There is, of course, some Purdue memorabilia, and uh, some tickets to the games are also involved. So there's a lot of good stuff on there, and obviously it's a really great cause. Um, I still don't know how I'm going to handle this because um, our plan um, was actually to go to the Maui Invitational this year um, with uh, my wife's side of the family. They had already purchased tickets and uh, accommodations for the Maui Invitational. And, of course, then this happened, and we don't really know what we're going to do. We believe uh, everything will be open, so we're still going to be going to Maui at the same time as the Invitational. I've looked up flights. It's apparently only about a $37 flight to go from Maui to Honolulu. Um, Little puddle jumper? Yeah, I guess so. Um, Maybe I'm going to hop in somebody's Cessna uh, and get over there, but uh, we will see if I go ahead and uh, take the time to do that. Apparently, it's not a very long flight. You can take a ferry, apparently, uh, but if I read correctly, the ferry ride is about two hours, and uh, I'm not sure that is something. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, definitely going to work out. I I believe in your travel schedule. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, make a good travel advisor. Yeah. Going to throw that out in the world. There you go. So let us talk Big Ten football. Uh, Purdue obviously played Friday night. They were the first game of the week. Obviously lost. We know that. We're going to cover mm-hmm. that in the second half. 38-17 was the final there. Um, Ryan, I know you uh, were following the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. And you told me something uh, right before we started recording that I did not know about the final uh, couple minutes of that ba- uh, that football game. Yeah. So um, my girlfriend is actually in the Notre Dame band uh, because she goes to St. Mary's over there. Boo. And she uh, – <laughs> yeah. Well, she went to Purdue first, so she's in Notre Dame right, for grad school. She's redeemed. I would, she's redeemed. It's fine. There we go. Okay. Um, so she actually blames the Notre Dame loss on the students who were lining up to <laughs> rush the field um, about two, three minutes before the end of the game. Oh, no, that's way too early, given the situation. Yep, can't do it. I mean, so Ohio State was driving down the field. They had, they had, they did have a fourth down um, in right. that time frame. So maybe it was at that point, but man, that's that's a bold, bold to start crowding down with that much time. You're up, but the other team is driving. Right. And speaking of that drive, which um, if you haven't heard, the drive ended in an Ohio State touchdown with, I think they put one second back on the clock. It was close, too. Um, I mean, the touchdown, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't a no-doubter. I mean, he was going, he was diving uh, to get across that line. And on replay, you can tell he made it, but man, his knee was getting close. Right. So, on that play... It has been discovered that Notre Dame, in their green-on-green jerseys... Hideous. ...only had 10 players on the field. (laughs) And the one gap that was left from the 11th player is exactly where Ohio State ran the ball. That is beautiful. Uh, College athletes, you gotta know how to count to 11. So, do we think Ohio State was so heads up and that there was someone missing and knew that there would be a a gap that would not be fit or was this just dumb luck i think this was just sheer dumb luck everyone's saying that, that ohio, 
Yeah, everyone's saying that Notre Dame was just trying to play with Jesus on their side <laughs> and well, leave a is, gap for him. He's always with us, Ryan. He's always with us. Yeah. And I think that was right in the shadow of touchdown Jesus, too. I believe it was, yes. I believe oh, it was. Oh, just not a good day for all those wearing green. No, no. So uh, that was obviously the most high-profile game. And it was, I mean, you know, low scoring, only 17-15, but it was a very good game. Um, yeah. Very entertaining uh, a lot of back mm-hmm. and forth, and you love, just love to see the Irish have their heart ripped out uh, with just one second to go. That Just absolutely. Yeah, but I thought, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, y- you don't love rooting for Ohio State. Exactly. So, yeah. but either way, I mean, neither team looked in that impressive, so I guess that's the positive of yeah. this. Yeah, there you go. And plus, so. I mean, plus Purdue gets to take Ohio State down later in the year anyway, so it'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. yeah. At home again. Exactly. That's exactly what'll happen. So, yep. um, other, of course, highly ranked Big Ten teams. Michigan took down Rutgers, thirty-one to seven. Ryan, you got a little cocky in the group chat and were like, "Oh man, Rutgers up seven to nothing." And then you know, Michigan apparently uh, read those messages. Jim Harbaugh talked about getting no respect from you know wherever he's watching the games these days. Uh, and Michigan went ahead and rattled off thirty-one straight. Yeah, you know, I, I just love that I'm somehow the curse when it came to college football. Yeah. Literally everything I touched this weekend turned to absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, everything. I, I Like, the, it just, football was not on my side this week. No, not at as all. As soon as I even mentioned Rutgers, I, they, it was over. <laughs> I should have just played this off. Off and I should have just mentioned. Oh, Indiana looks good this week. They did yeah. not. Yeah. Either way, they did not. No, no, they did not. Even though they did win, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. Next game going down highly ranked uh, Big Ten school. Penn State absolutely routes the Iowa Hawkeyes, thirty-one to nothing. Um, Ryan, I I know I'm putting you on the spot. You probably don't have these numbers in front of you, but I'm going to give you a minute as I move on to the next game. Can you tell me? how many points Iowa has now scored season and where they're at on their mountain climber, uh, to get, uh, Brian Ferentz, his money. Um, I okay. don't, I don't know that. Do you have that right off hand or do I need to give you a moment? I know the number right off. The top oh of my, my God. That's glorious. All right. Let's hear it. Well, I have a follow-up question. Do you okay. want the offensive output or total? Let's do, can we do both? Because I'm not sure the wording of the contract. Okay. So, offense, they have scored 19 points a game. Mm, Not total. Total is 21.25. So, so no matter how you slice it, they have not hit their quota. Which is, remind us again what they're supposed to average per game in order to get hit their goal. 25. 25, okay. So, right now, if you just include offense, you said they're at 19. Yes. So, I mean, that is a whole six points behind uh mm-hmm. where they need to be. and it's not as if the schedule gets easier going forward i mean we're we're squarely in big 10 play now um you know they really needed to pad those numbers in the non-conference yeah and mind you they did last week they put up 41 last week right i wrote this in the power rankings i'm calling i like i called it then iowa was not going to put up 40 again this year I, 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 I can't don't imagine. think it's possible. So it's it's going to be an uphill battle for Iowa for yeah. sure. I mean, Penn State looked just lights out. Yeah, they looked dominant um, against them. And I mean, <laughs> so I and the Iowa mm. Iowa defense is good. I mean, they they 
they are still very good. So to put up 31 against them uh, really shows you how strong Penn State is. Yeah. Now, my question becomes this. Does Penn State jump Ohio State? I don't think so, just because voters don't love doing that, especially now that we're four games into the season. But also, Ohio right. State beat another top 10 team. So oh, even mm-hmm. if you don't look great against the top 10, they're going to keep you where you are or raise you up because you still won the game against a top 10 team, whereas Iowa is going into the game at rank 20. That's true. Not to mention Penn State won at home in a whiteout game. True. Ohio State won on the road. Yeah, at Notre Dame, which the voters, so. I'm sure, will, will um, account for. But yeah, that's a good question. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely three top 10 teams in the Big Ten for sure. Yeah. Yeah, which is just uh, a scary prospect for the rest of the league. Yeah, and they all get to play each other too. Yeah, they do. They do. So up next, uh, Illinois barely gets by with a win against Florida Atlantic, 23-17. to mm-hmm. I know Illinois fans not very happy with the performance uh, so far of their team. Yeah, um, I think Luke Altmaier had a better day this game, and I it definitely helps when you're playing Florida Atlantic as opposed to Penn State. Yeah, makes a huge State. difference. Um, ask Iowa. So, <laughs> yeah, so Luke Altmaier, 303 yards passing, so definitely a better day. I don't think he had any interceptions this week either. So no, he didn't. He didn't. It, it wasn't exactly the prettiest game, but a win is a win. That's right. And we we here at Purdue definitely will count any win as a win. So uh, no mm-hmm. shade on that. Yep. You know, it still goes down as a win in the record book. Um, then <laughs> the fall of Michigan State continues uh, as they just get absolutely dominated by Maryland at home, thirty-one to nine, yep. and. Things are not looking good in Michigan State. Uh, East Lansing right. is is a bad place right now. But you know what's a really good place right now? The Tagovailoa household. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, they're putting up points in the NFL and in college. Yeah, 101 points between their respective teams yeah. in two days. That's, uh, that's respectful. I'll say that. Yeah. Respectable. <laughs> respectable, yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty good looking there. Um, unfortunately, Nebraska did win. They were playing Louisiana Tech. They won 28-14. Yeah. So dumb, doubled them up, but you, you don't really take much from a game against Louisiana Tech, especially at home if you're Nebraska. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Nebraska, is, they rightfully changed their starting quarterback, to Heinrich Harburg, and he rushed for 157 yards Purdue has to go to Lincoln. Oh, no. I had missed that stat, but now I'm looking right at it, and I don't love it. I don't love it one yeah. bit. He's going to rush for but 200 yards against us. I, if it's not a read option, we're good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So two more games in the Big Ten, both of them headed to overtime. Um, yeah. IU somehow holds on to defeat Akron in four overtimes after Akron missed a field goal at the end of regulation that would have won the game. And I was so frustrated. I only watched, oh. I th- I didn't even watch the, the rest of the game. I watched two overtimes and then went to, uh, I woke up in the morning and yeah. saw that, that IU had held on. But because they do that stupid thing in now college overtime where beginning in the third overtime, they just alternate two-point conversions, basically. Yep. I hate it. Yep. It's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You want to guess Taven Jackson's QBR for that game? 
Oh, 48. Get rid of the 40. No, it was it's not. Eight. Eight? 8.4. What were his stats? 11 of 26 for 190. One touchdown, one interception. It it had to have looked worse than the stats read. Yeah, because I, I'm wondering how you get an 8 for that. It had to be a lot of yards after catch. He probably threw a lot of short passes that they just went with. But, yeah, somehow it's eight. Wild, wild. Um, Final (laughs) game in the Big Ten, Minnesota versus Northwestern. This one, probably the most surprising result. Northwestern comes back all the way from, I think, 31 to 7 Mm -hmm. and, and wins 37 to 34. Just absolutely crazy. In fact, somebody showed a picture of a newspaper uh, that went to print early, and they pulled a Dewey defeats Truman and said, uh, furious Northwestern comeback falls short against Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely insane. It's funny because that, yeah, Dewey defeats Truman was Chicago, right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. I, I don't know if Minnesota... I don't know what Minnesota's doing. I mean, I don't either. good for Northwestern, but I feel like that's got to be more on Minnesota than anything. Yeah, that's quite a um, collapse from going being up 31 to 7 to losing 34 yeah. to 37. Woof. And of course, during this whole thing, Minnesota found another uh running back who can put up 200 yards on the ground in Darius Taylor. Yeah, of course. Of course. It, it, they grow them out there in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yeah. It's that upper Midwest. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But Ugh. it just, I mean, amazing that Northwestern has has now won two games uh, after everything, mm-hmm. that, everything that they did last year and the turmoil in the off. Who would have thought that this? <laughs> yeah. Um, they are tied for the lead in the big, no. No, they're not. They're like second they're in second the Big Ten West. Big Ten. Yeah. And, man. That's another rabbit hole. Yeah. The the Big Ten, at least from a coaching perspective, is just a nightmare right now. We got two coaches mm-hmm. who were fired either during the season or right before the season. We got one coach who suspended for four games. And then we got a bunch of new coaches. We got an, an offensive coordinator who's basically on a contract watch to see if he can score enough points. There is a lot going on in the Big Ten this year. It is a bizarre little situation. Yeah, and then you have Tom Allen. <laughs> oh, my God. You saw that video of him, right? I did. I did watch it. This, yep. was, was, this after, was this after the victory or before? It had to be before. I don't know because the, the, the time that they tweeted it. So if you have not seen it, it is one of the most awkward videos since the last Tom Allen video you saw. It's him in the locker room, all the players, you know, kind of in a semicircle uh, in front of him, singing the IU fight song, not once, not twice, but three times, all in different styles. Like, <laughs> the first one, just normal. And then he does, like, a a Sharks versus Jets West Side Story. He just starts snapping. And then they sing it by clapping. And you're like, what is going on in that IU locker room, and number two from IU in that video looks like he is ready to enter the transfer portal as soon as Tom Allen is done. Yeah, and maybe he did it four times, one for each overtime. Could have been. It it was awful. I encourage you to go look look it up. Maybe I'll include it in the write-up on the site because, man, I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Just 
Ugh. It's so cringy. So, yeah. Somebody said on uh, Twitter, uh, the fine tradition of IU having uh, coaches named Tom who clap lives on. So, man. Uh, it was a wild week in the Big Ten. Uh, and I, I think that's it. We're going to take a break. We can delay it no longer. Time to talk about Purdue losing once again the Wisconsin Badgers. We'll be right mm-hmm. back. I have filled up my drink. I've got my rum and coke ready to go. We are ready to talk about Purdue losing to Wisconsin for the 17th time in a row. And I gotta say, I really should have trusted my gut. Um, I let you and John from the Bucky cast convince me that there was a chance. I still picked against Purdue, but I picked a much closer game uh, than I really intended to upon, you know, first review of, of the game and what I expected going. Just a reminder for those um, who listened to the last episode with Ryan. I uh, picked Wisconsin 28-24, to 24, uh, not too terribly far off on our score, um, seven away, uh, but 10 off for Wisconsin. Ryan picked 28-26, to 26, but he picked a Purdue victory. So uh, Ryan is drinking that Kool-Aid, and you know what? I respect the hell out of it. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I wish I had that optimism, but I feel right now, I feel it's been beaten down a little bit. But Ryan, what happened? Um, well... The game didn't start off on a high note. No, it did not. for sure. No, it did not. Um, so Purdue got the ball, and they took the ball to open the game. Three and out. Yeah. Wisconsin drove the ball 60 yards, touchdown. Purdue got the ball, five plays, negative one yard, punted. Wisconsin, touchdown. So it's 14 to nothing, Already, yeah, and I mean, it, Purdue it, gets a field goal. Uh, it, it just felt like when they had gone up fourteen to nothing, Purdue's defense could do nothing to stop them, hardly even slow them down. It really felt like at that point the writing was already on the wall. Yeah, it was three straight Wisconsin touchdown drives, yeah. Yeah. and it it's just nothing. Wisconsin was started this half, the first half, eight of eight on third down. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them were long third downs. Yes. I mean, we're talking six, seven, eight yards, and they converted every single one of them very rarely with any problem at all. I mean, it, it wasn't really close, and yeah. it's just so maddening. So so the biggest issue that I saw in this first half, well, really it was throughout the game, but it was much more prevalent in the first half. Purdue could not get any pressure on the Wisconsin quarterback yeah at all they rushed four they could not do anything Tanner Mordecai had three to four seconds to pass on every single play did not matter and when the receivers actually you know held on and props to them um, when the receivers got open that's when Mordecai passed but when the DBs were able to hold on and defend, that's when Mordecai ran. It was like clockwork. There were three straight drives, and the game was over in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, the beginning of the second quarter. It went into... Uh, right, their third drive went the into the second, second quarter. quarter yeah. 14-3. Yeah. yeah. So... It just... I mean, it was the exact same thing we've seen... Uh, throughout the rest of the season for this Purdue team. 
especially on defense. You know, we we talked about already Mm -hmm. the inability to get off the field on third down. As you said, they started eight for eight uh, on converting third down. They wound up 12 of 18. So, you know, quite a bit of improvement after that eight for eight start. But after that eight for eight start, damage was already done. Um, yep. You know, Purdue was down then 21 to three at that point. And Wisconsin is a team that is built, even though their identity is shifting, their identity is changing. They're a team that is built to hold on to a, they're a team that is built to, once they get up, they're not allowing you to come back. Um, and it, it's, it's just, it showed that they're just a much more put together, solid all around football team than Purdue is. Um, because yeah. Purdue, Purdue needed everything to go right in order to win this game, and Wisconsin just needed not everything to go wrong. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, some things went wrong for Wisconsin, but not nearly enough for Purdue to actually crawl their way back into Right. And Purdue could not stop shooting itself in the foot in another the first theme. half. Another theme so far. Yeah, so um, the first two drives, the reason they only went three and five plays were because Purdue – had holding penalties mm-hmm. that completely derailed the drives. Um, you saw it in the, I believe it was the first uh, drive of the second half or the first drive uh, after Wisconsin went up by uh, 21 to zero or 21 to three. It was a sack on the very first play. Yeah. It's just like nothing went right in the first half except for one made field goal. Yeah. Literally nothing. There was no, there was no pass rush. The defenders couldn't hold on long enough. The defenders were um, missed tackles. Oh, missed were tackles! Unbelievable. Yeah. I understand Braylon Allen is a bowling ball, but my goodness, it was not not pretty. No. And then the one glimmer of hope Purdue has, they're driving down, and I didn't like the fact that Purdue didn't clock the ball on the last play of the half because Hudson card had a second or two to clock the ball and maybe even kick a field goal when you're down 21 to three. Right. Instead, he threw the ball. There was a missed pass interference. I yeah. I live by that. Yeah. I really, I really did think it was a pass interference and it happened on like the one or really in the end zone. So that would have obviously been a huge penalty for Purdue. Right. So, well, that's the weird thing. If the penalty occurred on the one, it would have been half the distance to the goal. Right. But either way, I think Purdue kicks a field goal, and, you know, at least you're down 15 at halftime. That's two scores, not three. Right. Um, And then it did change a little bit in the second half. I will give the biggest props to these players. You're down 21 to three. You haven't beat Wisconsin since the Bush administration. <laughs> and you have no, nothing goes right. But you're just going to come out and you're still going to fight and you're still going to come and try and defend your home field. I, that's something you love to see. The second half began. Wisconsin moved the ball, of course. Right. But yeah. Instead of trading punts for Purdue to Wisconsin touchdowns, it began to have Wisconsin field goals for Purdue touchdowns. Yeah, well that you know so, that's a that's a trade you could get in get in some business with. Yes, exactly. So three straight field goal drives for Wisconsin 
sandwiched between probably two of the best drives Purdue's had this season. Mo- most likely two of the best since the Virginia Tech game, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, that, that the first drive at Virginia Tech was probably, I think, the best drive Purdue's had this year. Uh, but you are correct. I mean, the offense really looked like a completely different offense those first few drives in the second half. Absolutely. I mean, the offense was balanced. The running game took off. Tyrone Tracy and Devin Mockaby both had huge runs, like multiple huge runs. And Hudson Card was just playing lights out at that point. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, it, then, it should be noted that Gus Hartwig did come back um, in yes. this game. So that could have something to the uh, rushing game looking a lot better. Absolutely. I think um, he, they were able to get off the ball. They had a much more uh, in-depth zone rushing attack. I mean, you run the ball outside and good things happen. It's a recipe for success. It's what Wisconsin does. Right. So, um, so Purdue gets it back. It is then 27 to 17. So, Purdue, you're within 10 again. Yeah, I, and, I'll, I'll be honest. I had hope at that point, like, I was I was yeah. very frustrated watching the game. I really did not believe this team had a chance going in, and I was you know proven right as we started twenty one to three. But then they started to chip away. They started to come back. As I said, the offense mm-hmm. looked good, and I did. I mean, I, I'm I, I can get sucked back in into a boring event, you know, just like that. They gave me yep. just enough hope to get me back in, and I was really <laughs> really excited to watch the rest just kind of all vanish. Yeah. Well. The thing was, Purdue then went on another um, drive where it looked promising to start. So two plays in, you know, you have a four-yard run, a 12-yard pass, and then, and then the first inter- or the second interception from Card. The only interception I'm really going to count against Card, just because the first one was more or less an arm punt that yeah. should have been a penalty anyway. Yeah, I agree. He just didn't see the defender come off on a post route, and he cut in front of a, a deep crossing route that, you know, mistakes happen. It's just this was the worst time it could have happened, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Some, I mean, every interception has the same result, but different timing can make a huge difference. I mean, this this felt like a backbreaker, and... You, you have to expect that these are going to happen, especially when you rely so much on the football. But, man, right. it really did hurt the timing and the of that interception. Yeah, and um, three plays later, though, it wasn't a backbreaker, only because three plays later, Tanner Mordecai threw an interception right. on right. a play that, you know, for as much flack as Bostros Alessandro gets, just because he's so far uh, in the depth chart, he made a great read on a ball. He jumped a route and he took it away from a Wisconsin receiver. Yeah, it was it was he a had great almost, interception. He, yeah, he almost did the exact same thing on I believe the second Wisconsin touchdown drive. Yeah, he was he so fell. close. Yeah, he fell and he could not do it. And that was on a third and 14. So, it's like, you know, he did his job and it re- was rewarded this time. So, Purdue's got the ball again. You're down by 13. And you go on a, a little bit more of a drive, and then I just I, the one play I didn't like was the Dylan Downing run on second and ten that lost four yards. Yeah, you know what? I I can't really say 
because the offense was working so well that, you know, it's who am I to say that? But it's just if that was another backbreaker, then Purdue goes and throws two straight incomplete passes on third and 14 and fourth and 14. Hudson Card had Deion Burks, too. Yeah, and Deion Burks was rushed eight was, guys. Deion Burks was angry. Yeah. Uh, and maybe angry is not the right word. Very frustrated. Um, because very he, animated. Yeah, very animated. That's you're correct. That's a much better because he knew he was open. He beyond the sticks, and as you mm-hmm. said, Wisconsin rushed eight, so he had a great opportunity if he caught that ball. Um, it was but, a touchdown if he caught the ball. But I, I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know who's to blame. Uh, but regardless, you know, he cut I believe to the inside and Card threw it behind him. Yeah. So you, you don't know who made the right move on that, but man, it is it's very frustrating because just one one tiny change, who knows? I mean, th- yep. that's that's the beauty of sports. You know, you change one thing, the whole game can turn on you. And Purdue had that opportunity and there was just a tiny miscommunication and then that was it. Right. And the weird thing is not even that was the end of this game because then the Purdue defense forced a punt from Wisconsin. So it was a six play punt, uh, six play and punt drive from Wisconsin. So Purdue got the ball back again with, I think, six minutes on the clock, down by two touchdowns. That's still very doable if your offense can go. But now we get to the dumbest play of the entire game. All right, let's hear it. Well, Last week, Hudson Card fumbled four times. <laughs> Devin Mockaby fumbled three times. But lost none of in them. This pl- yeah. This play, they both fumbled in the same play. It's like, I, being in the press box, I could not see if this was a fumble. So I, I'm very curious as to what everyone thought. From what I saw on the Twitter X world... And mind you, a lot of them are Purdue fans, so take that with your grain of salt. It should have been an incomplete pass. However, Devin Mockaby, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I didn't hear... No one heard a whistle. It was very clear there was no whistle. Why are you just standing there? And we know he... The grip on the ball with Devin Mockaby is not great when he runs the ball. It's not great when he uh, is just standing there either. So Wisconsin was clearly more disciplined at this point. They punched the ball out and they recovered. And they recovered inbounds the time. Yes. Yeah. I'll be honest. I thought it was a pass. I did not think it was a, you know, lateral. I thought it was a forward pass. And then when it, you know, bounces on the turf, you assume the play is over, but then it bounces, like, basically directly to Maccabi. He picks it up, and then they mm-hmm. Wisconsin just strips it right away, and they rule it a fumble. I thought it was an incomplete pass, but, you know, they give you the replays, and the replays aren't on direct line with where the lines are. It's not lined up perfectly. You're getting a little different angle, so you're, maybe they see something I don't, but... Yeah, were they that... reviewing for a lateral, or were they reviewing that the defender knocked the ball out before he threw it? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you are right. You're absolutely right. They were they were calling it. They were basically saying that it wasn't a pass. It was card fumbled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they both officially, from what after review, they both fumbled on the play. Card didn't lose it. Maccabee did. 
But regardless, I thought it was a pass. Yes, he got hit, but it's not like... I don't know. It didn't, to me, look like he had completely lost control of the ball. Like, it looked like he got hit as he threw, and he tried to continue to throw it, which, you know, you can throw an ugly pass. It doesn't mean it's a fumble. Right. But... It, yeah, it's another it's another thing. You know, you it went against Purdue. Would it have made a difference? Obviously, it would have made a little bit of a difference. But Purdue cannot right. continue to rely on everything going right to win these football games because you're always mm-hmm. going to have things like this happen. Things calls are always going to go against you. Calls might be missed. Calls might be wrong. Um, you can't have to have everything go your way in order to game. And right now, that is what- right, and especially not in this against this opponent of all opponents you cannot do that against wisconsin yeah, yeah so um yeah so obviously wisconsin took over after the double fumble there was an <laughs> unsportsmanlike penalty double fumble yeah i i have to live through the double doink and now the double fumble it's no butt fumble but i'll take it <laughs> uh so wisconsin proceeded to score a touchdown on their next drive after starting on like the Purdue 25. So they did a Philly special on the two point conversion. What do you think of them going for two? It makes sense. I, you know what? I Does don't it care that you were up by 20. You still do it correctly. If you were up by a fourth touchdown, that's when it gets egregious to me. But three, I weirder things have happened. Uh, but have they? I mean, let's... How much time was left in the game when they... One minute and 27 seconds. They went up 17 to 36. You're telling me that they went up... They went for two because the card said to go for two because they were afraid that Purdue was going to score three times in a minute and 27 seconds? It's not... I'm not angry about it. (laughs) I mean, I'm not angry about it either. Like... If you don't want right. to get scored on, you got to stop them. Right. And I'm whatever. Purdue Purdue didn't, and that's exactly. just how it is. But it just didn't make sense to me. Well, Luke Fickle seemed to be showing that he wants to have fun and let his players play. I guess. Well, chalk it up to that. Whatever. Yeah, something. Not a lot of fun really at Wisconsin. Wisconsin very businesslike. Yeah. Well. In the past. In the past. Right. Yeah, so then Purdue goes down, turns the ball over in Wisconsin territory on downs, and game over. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's another loss. Purdue now sits at 1-3, and 0-1 uh, in conference. And this was one I think most people thought they were going to When you take a step back and look at chatter, I think most people chalk this one right. up as a loss just because it is, as we said, last win, 2003, now been 17 games in a row we've lost to them. So it's not necessarily an unexpected result, but uh, my question for you is after watching these first four games and especially after this Wisconsin game, do you feel more encouraged or discouraged after the Wisconsin game from where you were going? Here's my thinking, and I, I wrote about this on the game wrap. Purdue got nothing out of the uh, when Jeff Brom left. The talent was gone it was a bare cupboard yes these guys are still very talented but they're not power five consistently winning power five guys right so ryan walters has an incredible amount of work in front of him we all know that 
obviously you want to see encouraging signs. The fight you saw in the second half, to me, was encouraging. That the coaching staff can rally their players, can get them to be. You know, so obviously the first half was a dumpster fire, but they didn't quit. Now, I'm not necessarily one for moral victories, but I can see the positive in something like the second half, where they didn't even outscore Wisconsin in the second half, I don't believe. No, they did not. Yeah, so, but you still felt like Purdue at times won the second half because they traded touchdowns for field goals. Yeah, it did feel that way, even though when you take a step back, you know, and you actually look at the points, it was 17 to for Wisconsin, 14 for Purdue. Um, but it did right. feel a lot better in that second half. Yeah, so it's almost like the 76ers. You have to trust the trust process. Trust the process, yeah. We're four games into the Ryan Walters era. He has never been a head coach. He is still getting the hang of all of this. He does not have the players to be a consistent winner yet. He might have the quarterback. I I truly believe he hit a sl- or hit a grand slam when it comes to the transfer portal and getting Hudson Card. It's you don't have the players yet, and the recruiting class. I saw today in 2021. I, Purdue I had have the worst e- recruiting class. I have this exact uh, little bit of information uh, up on my phone. I was gonna say it after you. Were, um, yep. In 2020, Purdue had the worst recruiting class in the Big Ten. Um, so yeah. this is obviously a class recruited by Jeff Brom. And after this, after last season, 37 players left. Wow. 37 yeah. players. So some of those players probably wouldn't have done anything on this team anyway. You know, I'm not saying every player who left is a five-star, every player is a certified starter, every player would fill every problem on this team. That's just not how it's going to work. But when you lose... Right. 37 players, and when you're recruiting class from 2021, who would now be juniors or sophomores, um, uh, was dead last in the Big Ten. Juniors, yeah. Okay, that that is tough. That is tough to build around because at a school like Purdue, who doesn't have, who who don't, we don't bring in a ton of you know immediate play talent in football. We we bring in a lot of guys who redshirt play a little bit maybe their redshirt freshman year and then their junior years are when they really pay off and I think that's a lot of you know mid-tier programs in college football so when you've got an entire recruiting class that you're just not seeing dividends from that is difficult to come back from yeah absolutely um and top all of that top all of the turnover all of the you know issues with Purdue had the statistically hardest schedule in the entire country. Yeah. We have to levy our expectations. Now, obviously we're all homers here. We called Purdue to win between six, seven games and maybe five. Right now, I think I will be happy with a three or four win season. And it's not that I'm frustrated that Purdue's not winning. Of course I am. It's that you're frustrated with the fact that these things take so much time sometimes, especially in an era that the transfer portal is there, NIL's there. These things can go very quickly. 
for programs that are built for it. Purdue is not one of those right now. Well, and I think even as quick as things can turn around, just all you need to do is look at Colorado. You know, they started 3-0, and then they played a really, really good Oregon team. Just got absolutely punched in the mouth. Uh, looked looked like mm-hmm. the Colorado yep. of old. Looked like the Colorado from last year, and suddenly there's a lot of questions. You know, are they as good as they thought? As everybody thought, is it just the schedule? Is it just you know they've got a couple really good players? Who knows? But even you know Coach Prime, who an absolute great uh, football mind, excellent NFL career. Mm-hmm. Everybody you know he gets all the attention in the world, and for good reason. He can get basically into the room with any player he wants to try to get him to come to Colorado. Even he is now struggling against other teams um, who are more established and who've been consistent through the years. So uh, to expect a quick fix at a school like Purdue with Ryan Walters, who as cool as we think he is, is still, as you said, in his first year as a head coach. And you can't just Mm -hmm. immediately turn something around when you lose so many players and are coming in with a recruiting class uh, from a few years ago that was last in the conference. That's that's hard to build around, and it's going to take time as much as we as sports fans wish it didn't. Right. And I think it also uh, keep in mind that because Walters is a more defensive-minded coach, it seems easier for you to flip a program if you have an offense that is unbelievable yeah um it just seems simpler so that may also play somewhat of a factor but yeah these things are not easy and (laughs) we all know it jeff brown did not do purdue any favors when he walked out the door no not at all no i mean the fact that jack Plummer is an uh, the quarterback of the week for Louisville um, really says a lot, and his right tackle is a Purdue player as well. Right. So, which which right Purdue has different. It's the way of the world. And, and Purdue obviously struggles with the O line, and especially at the tackle position, where you know we're having. It seems like we have guys mm-hmm. who should be playing guard who play tackle, and then so if you get in some good tackles, you move your current tackles to guard. That'll shore up the guard position. It's, it's all, uh, you know, it's a game of Tetris, and when you're not getting the right piece, uh, you're not fitting them in, in the right place, and you're not clearing out those lines. So uh, it can be a real struggle. So I think that was a very, very good response to my question, um, and I appreciate that. Looking ahead next week, Purdue takes on Illinois, mm-hmm. another home game. Um, so Purdue remaining at the yep. uh, friendly confines of ross This one is at 3.30 p.m., uh, only available, I believe, on Peacock. So this will be a first. I'm sure we will hear all about that <laughs> online, um, about how this is the death of college football. And I remember when every game was on Channel 4 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I wanted to get the word out on that a week early. Um, game is going to be on Peacock. That is the Comcast slash NBC streaming network. So if you're if yep. you're hoping to watch the game, just see if you have that. I subscribed for a year. I got a, I got a good deal on it, but... Uh, you might want to see if you can find a code or a, uh, uh, a free week. So, Ryan, any final thoughts on this loss to Wisconsin before we head out for the evening? Um, not so much on Wisconsin. I did have a uh, question. Okay. Am I allowed to go to the <laughs> Illinois game? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, my So uh, I'll answer your question with, um, you know, when Purdue plays in the 
I often will have to start the game behind because I'm I'm recording it because I'm upstairs reading. Uh, shout out to Quentin, who's hopefully asleep by mm-hmm. now. Um, so I will re- start recording the game. I'll come downstairs. Um, my wife will be putting Quentin to bed, and she will come down. And by that time, I'm usually caught up. I'm usually live. And invariably, when she comes downstairs, something bad will happen in the game. Uh, Purdue will turn the ball over. Purdue will allow a touchdown. And her response is, do you need me to go back upstairs? Um, If you would have asked me that question maybe five (laughs) years ago, I would probably be like, uh, yeah, go back upstairs because uh, superstition. Uh, But, you know, anymore, it's just, no, you're fine. So I don't personally blame you, Ryan. I'm sure some people do. Uh, But I think, you know, I'm not going to take that that press box seat away. Uh, just yet, okay. just yet. We'll see what happens as the year goes on. <laughs> Maybe we won't have you back next year. <laughs> yeah, I will say the one game that uh, between both sets of football that I root for, um, the one game that I was limited in watching was the single victory against Virginia Tech. I gotta say, it doesn't. You're not building a strong case. I mean, if you have to send me to the dark place. Do so quietly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, Ryan, we appreciate your sacrifice. If we need it, we can always pull that out of our bag. Um, uh huh. So, for Ryan and myself, we'll be back with you midweek to talk Illinois. Boiler up. Yep. Hammer down. <laughs> <laughs>